What's up, Llama listeners? Joe here, and I'm excited to announce our partnership with Blazing Star Barbecue. Blazing Star Barbecue is a veteran-owned business owned and operated by Mike Starr, a veteran of over 20 years of military service and a fantastic member of the Llama family. Through his amazing rubs and sauces, Mike is devoted to bringing unique flavors from his world travels to your backyard. And I got to tell you, I love me some Blazing Star Barbecue, especially the Reaper and brand new Scorpion rubs. I absolutely put them on everything, and they pretty much have rendered the rest of my spice cabinet obsolete. Check them out at BlazingStarBarbecue.com and Blazing Star Barbecue on all social media platforms and get your sauces and rubs today. We promise you won't be disappointed. Live. Learning. Leadership. The Llama Lounge. Yo, welcome back to the Llama Lounge, a dialogue on all things life, learning, and leadership. This is Joe Bogdan, and I have the distinct pleasure of welcoming these two amazing human beings into the lounge, Air Force veteran and founder of Life of a Military Child, Patricia Johnson, and my big sister, Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force, number 19, Joe Bass. Thanks for coming on. Welcome, ladies. How are you? Hey, Joe, we are so excited to be here. Um, it's been a while for us. I was on one of your last Llama Lounges um, quite a while ago, so I'm excited to be here, brother. Yeah, I'm so I'm so grateful, Chief, man. It's like, it has been a long time, and I, I got to tell you, I've been itching to ask you to come back on, but I know you've been extremely busy, uh, as you should in that role, and this is just a great opportunity, so so grateful you're on, and and Patricia, thank you for really making this happen with everything that you've been doing. Thank you, and how are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having us. I really appreciate the opportunity for us to share what we have going on and talk about our new release, our new uh, secret. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for coming on and sharing this. Um, and this is a great thing. The Llama Leadership Team is really excited about promoting what you two have going on. But um, before we get started, I-, I was just curious, how did you two get connected? Have you known each other for a long time? PJ, you want to start? Sure. So in, throughout my military career, I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of profound leaders, professional and just um, outstanding. And with that, I have never, you know, let my mentors just disappear. I've always Mm -hmm. been in contact with all of my mentors. And so with my transition from military services to civilian services, they knew exactly what I was still doing. And so an opportunity presented itself for Chief Bass and I to talk and it was the greatest conversation. And one thing led to another. And here we are writing a book together. So that, that's what happened. Uh, All right. OK, so OK, here's my version. Here's my version. Joe. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, you know, we always talk about birds of a feather flock together. Right. And and I always talk about tribes and 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 community. And I'll tell you, I had a a good friend of mine, you know him as well, uh, retired chief, um, Todd Simmons, who reached Mm -hmm. out to me, um, a fellow defender as well, who said, hey, Joe, like there's there's this 14 year veteran, uh, 
master sergeant female that I think you need to connect with. Um, I know you're busy, but if you have time, you need to give her a holler because you're going to love her. And so I'm like, okay, Todd, I got time. Uh, give me your number. And I'm serious. I, I call up PJ and we connected, you know, and it's like kindred spirits, right? Like in two, I got all hyped up. First of all, I got hyped up because she's a veteran. Secondly, because she's a defender. Three, because she's a total badass who has so many talents. And through our discussion, she started telling me about all the stuff that she's doing, which, you know, was really exciting for me um, as an airman to be able to see another airmen succeed and do great things like that that had me really excited and do great things outside of this uniform like that's always winning but then when she started talking about how she has already written books um i i shared with her that man that was like a passion for me one you know that about 10 years before when i was getting ready to go down range I started drafting a children's book for my children as I would read them books. I remember thinking one day, you know, one day I'll write a book for them, you know, children's book. And I never did it. Like life happens, we get busy. And so, um, so we started talking about this thing and then yes, just like PJ said, we're here. And, and Joe, let me just put out a quick disclaimer because I have to, you know, any, you know, when it came to writing this book, I want to make sure that, you know, we were go for, good to go from a legal standpoint. So I took this to our general counsel and I said, listen, I'd love to write a book. I don't want to make any money off of this. I simply want to help educate children um, from a resiliency aspect because I raised two children that I had to, you know, help get after this. And so how can I do this? And oh, by the way, I don't want to make any money. Like we will donate all the money um, that would otherwise go to me to another children's organization or a children's charity. And so the disclaimer is anything in this book is not um, at all affiliated with the Department of Defense or the United States Air Force. It, it is written by me, Joe Bass, the, the person, the mom, the wife, not in my official capacity at all. Although I would offer, you know, like everything we talk about is resiliency and wellness and connectedness and community. And those are all things that we as military members love. Yeah. So there's a disclaimer. <laughs> noted, noted and very well done. And thank you for uh, sharing that. I think that's awesome. And you know what thing I, I think of, Chief, is that we have so many people in our Air Force. We're, I'm, we just, I just feel so blessed, like Patricia, that are able to do so many different things like this, like writing books and, and, and just talented in so many ways that want to share their perspectives. And I think it's just so awesome that you connected with her and that you got involved in this. And like what you said, because most of our folks that I know, outstanding airmen out there like Caleb Vaden and, um, and so many others, nobody's making money off of the things that they're putting out. They just want to put out good information to help others. You know what I mean? Like and it's that's an investment of not just time, but money as well. Oftentimes, like um, self-publishing a book, it, it costs money on top of the time to be able to do that. And a lot of times it's like we're not making any money off of it. We're just trying to get information out there. And I think that's just so awesome. Yeah, that's what we do. Like as military leaders, right? You know, servant leadership, um, I'll tell you, and some of the best human beings that I know and some of the people who have the most credibility in all things, whether it's leadership, you know, servanthood, followership, whatever it is, are military people. I, mm -hmm. in fact, if you read a lot of military, or if you, I'm sorry, if you read a lot of leadership books from civilian authors, yeah. they all get their leadership principles from military people. So, yeah. so yeah, to your point, yeah, we, we have a lot of that talent within.
Absolutely. So Patricia, what inspires you to start this whole thing? I mean, like there's there's a story behind this. There is a story. So my family, we had this family meeting long time ago and the decision was made that I will uh, basically help the family out with the two uh, little ones, two family members. And now instantaneously, I became a parent. And before that day, um, I had no idea what parents went through. And, and when I became one, I knew um, that there was a need to communicate, that my communication had to, it, it changed drastically. I had to be able to articulate strongly and better to, to them. And they don't understand the way, you know, adults understand. So with that being said, I traveled with them. And also I had to deploy a couple of times and go on TUIs. And I instantly saw the change in their temperament. And um, they were fighting the reluctance, they were. And um, the youngest one, when I was trying to explain to her what was going on for my, my deployment, she actually walked away and disregarded me and basically grabbed the book. And I said, you know what? She loves that book. Hmm. Why not? Why not try to uh, paint a story and paint that picture in a form of a book? And then I also realized that these two kiddos cannot be the only kids that have these emotions you know, when their parents or when their 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 guidance counselor, their uh, their guardian or their um, whatever pep, whoever is supervising them, whoever, right. when they actually deploy or any type of military family, whether it be non traditional or traditional, when you leave a house, you will see a drastic change in everyone in in the house. And and I knew that we weren't the only one, so that's what made me start creating the idea of writing children's books. I always wanted to be an author, but writing a children's book was definitely created off of that idea. Wow. You know, and I think that's not just awesome, but I think it's challenging because for me, um, I'm planning on writing a book and I've co-authored a book in the past, but writing to to an audience, you know, that you're no longer in anymore, right? Like you're writing to children <laughs> to be able to read that. I can only imagine how difficult that is. Like, what kind of challenges do you run into? Do, do you have to like bounce off ideas <laughs> off, off the kids to be able to articulate correctly to the audience? Oh my. So I did a lot of extensive research and um, there is a method to this. You, mm. you have to understand how long they will be engaged, you know, and then there's an age bracket, you know, for words. And so for the average uh, three-year-old to eight, after 800 words, even sometimes 750, the studies show that they are no longer engaged. Mm. So that's why you have to offset it and layer the book with pictures, illustrations, kind of helping paint that story. So that's why um, you'll see a lot of uh, a lot of authors. They'll put a lot of illustration in there, and sometimes they'll do a a double layer illustration. So again, that is more than we we know <laughs> the words, wow. the pictures. Um, it, it gets really detailed, and then from the age group of nine and twelve, it gets a little bit better. You know, less pictures and more words. So yeah. Mm, I feel like you just described me, so I don't know how I feel about that, but <laughs> I, I like pictures too. About 750 words, yeah, that's about right for me as well. <laughs> 
Chief Bass, like you see it from a broad perspective, because both of you also have the experience, right, uh, of, of raising children in this environment. But what have you seen in the broad scope of the challenges from the military family, specifically even raising children in this environment? Yeah, well, what I would offer is um, serving in the military can be challenging, right? While it's super rewarding and rich and there's nothing like, you know, nothing else like it and, and it's a privilege, um, it's a huge sacrifice and, and it can be tough. Now couple that with raising a family, like military family life is not easy and it can be extremely challenging. And so, you know, I tell people that all the time. I'm like, we sacrifice, but our families sacrifice even more. Um, and I think we have to recognize that. And to that end, how do you then make sure that we can kind of counterbalance that and make sure that we can take care of our families and our children. Um, that's where that resiliency piece comes in. And when you, when, when you think about it, you know, just in general, um, how do you help grow resilient people? Well, you can't do it by yourself, right? It takes a community. It takes connectedness. It takes purpose and, and meaning. And so, um, you know, when I look back at, at my career and, and this is, you know, me and um, PJ talked about this a lot. You know, when I when I deployed or when my husband deployed and y'all know Ron, I mean, he did five one year deployments downrange. I mean, we we dealt with our fair share of challenges in trying to raise our girls. Um, it took a community to help us remain that healthy family unit that we needed to be. And, and we didn't even realize it at the time. That community was the CDC workers who helped my husband do my girl's hair, right? Like I'm downrange and, and they're helping them out. Or the people who would come by and say, hey, can I mow your yard? You know, I know you're busy because Ron's downrange or, or whatever. So that community piece was huge. But um, I would also offer, you know, that for me, um, we got through a lot of our challenges by reading. I'll never forget being downrange and um, at the USO and they would allow us to come and read a book and you read a book on video. This is all before the whole FaceTime thing, but we used to be able to go read a book on video and we'd be able to mail that book and that recording to our kiddos. And so um, my kids have always been readers and it has helped build their resilience, that love of reading. That, that's awesome. And, you know, I think that these books that Patricia has been creating, as well as the one that you two have come together to do, um, I, I offer that it's not just if you already have kids, you know what I mean? Like you're already experiencing that. I think because just like a lot of times you should read relationship books, maybe when you're still in your singleness to, to help you understand some of those dynamics. I think this is also very value added to people who want to have kids eventually. And, and to is. help prepare and understand and kind of read through that to understand, you know, the dynamics of that. And I think there's a lot of value there. So I just offer to our audience, if you're not, you know, you, just because you don't have kids, this is not something that you don't want to look into because if you plan on it one day that I think there's a lot of value in getting that, that those lessons earlier. Yeah. Hey, Joe, separate from the book, you know, you, you brought up, you know, kind of what do, what do I see through my lens? I'll tell you, you know, if you look at just today, Man, we went through a pretty challenging last few years. Mm -hmm. We're going through a pandemic that happens once in a lifetime and, and, and none of us were quite prepared for what to expect to include the challenges um, that have happened across our nation, the civil unrest and, and, and anything that happens outside of our fence line impacts us as people. It impacts our family members, our extended family members. Um, it has been a challenging 
last two years, me and my husband were just driving out in DC in the traffic. And he's like, man, people are stressed out, you know, mm-hmm. like we can see it. And so to your point, how do we start to grow resilient people who can withstand anything um, today? You know, how do we grow those people today? Because if you think about like your parents or my parents, man, like my mom was a resilient person growing up. You know, she knew she had to work hard and and, and fight hard to, to do things. And then, you know, each generation, when we talk about the greatest generations, man, they like they they had some resolve and, and grit and 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 they dealt with that struggle. And then as we've tried to make things better for every generation to come. I don't know that we have sometimes because maybe we've made it a little bit too easy. And when I even look back at my children, um, while they're amazing, resilient uh, military children, man, they got first world problems because like they, you know, they, they deal with what they deal with and they're totally first world challenges. Yeah, I think uh, I was listening to Joe Rogan quite often and on his podcast, he talks about how we've nerfed the edges on everything. So sometimes <laughs> everything's a little bit too easy nowadays. And there's definitely yeah. some of that, uh, whether it's helicopter parenting, coddling, but I think it's all with the right intent, but maybe the, the wrong execution and what what's happening. But yeah. I, I really do think that it's that, that the word resilience, I think sometimes people take it, you know, it's the R word now. You're like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I think that there's so much more to it when it comes to just, like you talked about a little while ago, understanding intent and purpose. And I think it is very challenging to help a child start to formulate that. But I think that I, I just personally believe the earlier they can start understanding those skills and, and, and principles and like build a foundation the more likely they're going to be successful and not just whatever they're doing, but in life in general, being disciplined, et cetera. Right. So I think all of that plays into the whole resilience piece. I agree. And I mean, you know, I I always say like, you're never too young to learn. You're never too, I'm sorry. You're never too young to lead. You're never too old to learn. Like we are still learning. I'm still learning how to build my resiliency every day. And it's an everyday um, balance. Yeah, I, I definitely think that's the case, too. And I think one thing that I struggle with, and I think that our, our, our kids are probably struggling with that across our force um, when it comes to the children that are being raised within the environment is having grace with ourselves, too. I think that that's a huge piece of it. I don't know, uh, Patricia, have you experienced that with um, with raising, you know, the kids in your life going through? Because Chief Bass brought up a second ago that whole it takes a community. Well, us as military members, sometimes we don't want to ask for help. We sometimes have that have a difficulty doing that because we're tough. So that's the first step. But also having that piece of like, do we don't want to pass that on to our children as we're raising them. It's like, no, it's, you, you shouldn't ask for help. But also having grace for ourselves because sometimes we're hardest on ourselves as well. You know, and um, I think that that plays a big part in asking for help and being resilient and being in those teams. So have you noticed that in, in the children in your life? Absolutely. And and that's a great question because um, that was one of the reasons why I named the first character in the first book. Her name is Grace. Mm. And um, and when it comes to the honest part is I don't have a problem with reaching out and asking for help. And with the kiddos that I was basically as their parent, I, I really was trying my best to be as creative as possible. Mm-hmm. But the oldest one, actually, she kind of made it, she kind of affirmed things. She, we got lost in Spain 
And I remember I always took her to a the Spanish local uh, community school. We got lost. And one of the biggest things that a lot of people don't like to do is ask for directions. That mm-hmm. it, it starts with like that basic thing. We don't like to ask for help. We don't like to ask for directions. And if I'm lost, I'm going to ask somebody for directions. And so it was a language barrier. Mm. And here it is. I just couldn't figure out like how to communicate. We're just trying to get back from Rhoda to Marone. And there it is. My four-year-old little family family member got out the uh, the back vehicle. She knew what they were saying and she answered their questions and told them what we were trying to say because of her, she got us back <laughs> to, wow. to Maroon. And so basically I saw that she wasn't afraid to, to speak up and say, hey, I, I do know what they're saying, or hey, can you help us out? So like I said, it start, I knew that from that level, she, she got it. And from that point on, she doesn't, even to this day, she's 12 years old now, she doesn't, she's not afraid to, to ask for help. Man, I need, I need some mentorship from her. <laughs> That's a great, that's a great characteristic. I'll tell you, you know, I love Joe that you talked about grace and I love that you talked about asking for help because to your point, I think there's more people who are too proud to ask for, because I was one of them, right? Like Mm -hmm. when Ron would be gone on deployments, um, I felt like, man, I got this, like, I'm going to do this. And then all of a sudden, you know, like I'm on month four, and I've never been away from my kids. And I've been with my kids for like four months straight. Like, and people would always be like, you need us to come get your kids. And I was too proud to say yes. Right. Like mm-hmm. until I, until I had girlfriends that were like, Hey, we're not even asking you, we're just going to come and get your children and right. take them so that you can have a break, even if it's for 12 hours or, or a day you know, you need a break. And so I would tell uh, tell you, I love that you said that because sometimes we have not because we ask not mm-hmm. or are too proud to accept help. But that but people want to like if and if you just flip the script so many times we want to help people. And in that same sense, if we just flip the script and think, man, but when we want to help people, we're genuine with it. Well, so is that person who's asking you, can they help you? And so um, I agree with you. And that's what I love about kids because kids are not afraid. Like my kids ask me for everything every day, you know, all day long. So, (laughs) So I think, you know, that asking for help piece is pretty critical. And if man, if we will now translate that to us as adults, and our own resiliency and the challenges that we have with mental health or whatever, if we will just allow those around us who love us to be part of, you know, that support to help us get back to places of being well. Yeah. I love what you said about the, the just being able to accept help. And I, I, have you read The Go-Giver? The, the, I the have book? the book. I have oh. not read it yet. Oh, yeah. I have the- it. Because you just you just basically uh, illustrated, I think it's rule number five is it's it's basically if you don't allow people to help you, you're stealing that gift from them, you know, that that you're willing to give to so many other people. Such such a great book. But I I think one thing that um, that you pointed out there that really and and also what Patricia kind of all together, it's resilience. We almost had to reformulate what that really means, because I think some people in the past and it's still as much as we've been trying to train it and talk about it more and more. And I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm guilty of it myself. 
is in my brain, I know that the lessons are, are, are B, but in my brain, I still have A going on thinking. And A is resilient means you're solid and strong on your own, right? Mm-hmm. But in reality, mm-hmm. resilience is more like B, which is it takes a, an entire group of people, a team, a family to, to be resilient right? To be able to get through these biggest challenges. And I think that's something that we still need to work on. And honestly, from what both of you are saying, it sounds like children are great examples of that (laughs) for us to be able to follow that we can get some of that in in our lives. They are. Hey, I love that you said that. You know, what's interesting. A lot of people always ask me like, Hey, how do you, how do you remain resilient or whatever? And I tell people it's like an everyday task, but I'll, I'll be honest when we we're driving here to DC before I even got in this position. We talked about it as a family while we were driving, um, which is how do we make sure that during this tour that can be very demanding, how can we fortify our family so that we can be strong and that in three years later or four years later, whenever that, you know, it's time for me to hang this uniform up. How do we make sure that our family union, we called it fortifying our family, but, Mm. but it's really that resiliency. How can we make sure that we're strong? Um, And we talked about it as a family and we went around the room, you know, like, all right, you know, to our youngest daughter, Hey, what say you and to my husband. and, And we talked about that thing. Yeah. Patricia, are you, do you actually, when you're, you know, raising your, your kids, the kids in your lives, do you, do you actually use the word resilience or is that something that's just kind of curious myself? Is like, is that a term that you use? Or are you, uh, me and my uh, first sergeant, when I was deployed, we used to talk about uh, putting the medicine in the jello. We're like, yeah, we're talking about resilience stuff, but you know, we're, we're wrapping around other leadership principles and everything else. I was just curious. I do not use that word because especially at their age, they don't understand it. So mm-hmm. I just use other ways, which is uh, storytelling. I just, mm-hmm. I honestly speak to them at their lens, at their level, and I just paint the picture and they honestly get it because now throughout the years, I get my, I, I really get the confirmation all the time. I'm like, okay, she gets it. Okay. She, because the oldest one, she's 12. And when I tell you, she, when you get into those preteen age, <laughs> the struggle is real. The struggle is real. Um, but when I, I sit her down and I and I talk to her and and I gauge it, I, I really look in her in her eyes and, and see do she get it. And I always get that confirmation. And after that, it's like, you know, the light bulb comes on. And and so it's not the word word resilient that I use. Mm-hmm. It's just more of conversations and more of painting a story and telling a story. Wow. Yeah, my friend, you are a chef. I mean, like, you know, there's cooks and there's chefs. You are a chef. Like just listening to all of this is just amazing wow that that that's just super cool let's see so you're in right now patricia you're in japan right and and you're there by yourself and the kids are still there you're how how do you stay resilient yourself that's tough because with covid Mm -hmm. you know it's been a struggle with a lot of people but through my faith um i teach the girls i teach myself Mm -hmm how to continuously um, stay, stay prayed up. (laughs) That's what I will say. I, I, we, and I, I talk to my family a lot. So right now I'm here uh, by myself, but we, we do this thing where we get on um, Zoom and we'll get on messenger, uh, Facebook messenger, and we'll have a Mm -hmm. family 
meeting family, just fun. And just, you know, that's what keep me going. That's what keep them going. And um, birthdays are celebrated um, online as well. (laughs) So, and, and that's what keep us going um, is basically being able to celebrate um, online and and with, with all that's going on, but it is tough. It is tough, but I, I have a strong faith and that's what keeps me going. Yeah, that's, Joe, that's, I'm, I'm glad you I'm so, sorry. I'm yeah. glad you chimed in on that with her because, you know, PJ is there in Japan, you know, by herself is a single mm-hmm. um, as a single person living overseas. And here's what's interesting that I've seen, you know, over years and years is there's sometimes a lot of attention on the military family. Right. Right. And we don't always think about our single service members as much, you know, and, and I think we have to, and sometimes we tend to put more on our single folks too. We're like, Hey, like, you know, they don't have kiddos or they don't have a spouse. So send them on deployment, send them TDY, or they can work the weekends or they can work, you know, and, and, and that's pretty, you know, that's pretty unfair. We have to consider every person for what they are and their resiliency. And it wasn't until I had a single um, friend of mine who was serving a chief and she said, listen, like there is a bias at times and yes. we don't consider the health and well-being of our single folks. And man, when she pointed that out to me, I, it, it, it like, it made me reevaluate, you know, what I think, because you often think, well, yeah, that person doesn't have, you know, a child or a spouse. So yeah, put them on duty. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not, the right answer. We have to consider the resiliency and the well-being and the and and all the things, you know, those are all factors for our people. Yeah, I agree. I was single for most of my career. And there was times where I just, you know, you have that, okay, you get that that bias, like you like you say to Chief, like you're at work and you're like, oh, okay, uh, all single single members will get New Year's week on time down. And then all, all family members of Christmas I was like, well, maybe I like Christmas. Like what's going on? Like, like I don't have a family, like just because it's not your traditional family. Like when you consider a family, doesn't mean <laughs> I don't have a family. Right. And it does, it does kind of feel that way. But then on top of that, like, I don't, I felt this way. And so have many of my, um, my peers. And I've, I've even seen them post stuff. It's like, it's so hard to try to start a relationship when you're moving every couple of years and you're single and, you know, and you're constantly moving, you're deploying every time you start. And it's like, that stuff waits on you and to be able to deal with that. And then for, for Patricia, like also like you're raising two young, young ladies while you're, you know, trying to navigate through that. So yeah, I just think that is so admirable what you're doing, but on top of that, leaning on your faith, I think that is, um, such an important thing as well. And thank you for sharing your story. Cause that has got to be, I, I can't even imagine <laughs> the challenges that you experience and the fact that you're, cause you are still serving, you know, you are still serving and you're right. And you're doing some amazing things for us and setting an example and then sharing your stories in these books too. Um, I, I'm just, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. I agree. Like, like, I don't think if I would have, you know, been a master sergeant and then I got out. I don't know that I'd be thinking to write a series of books called Life of a Military Child. And, uh-huh. you know, and that's why, again, I couldn't be more impressed and inspired by PJ for wanting to continue to make a difference. Um, you know, once an airman, always an airman. And the fact that she's still, again, 
living her life and, um, you know, not in uniform, but still serving our, our airmen and families is just inspiring. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so Patricia, tell us like, how do people find more about what you're doing? You know, what's your website? Uh, what, what are some products they can find on there? So, um, I have Facebook, so Facebook and Instagram, and everything is called Life of a Military Child. So the website is uh, www.lifeofmilitarychild.net, and then um, everything else um, is, is as is. But on the website, you will also see uh, the first book, the second book, and the, and the third book. Uh, the third book is what is very new. Yeah. <laughs> it's the book of resilience um, that Chief Bass and I wrote. And so um, you'll be able to find it on, on there as well as Amazon. Amazon right now has it as a ebook and tomorrow um, you will see the uh, paperback. So you have the option for a case bound hard copy on lifeofmilitarychild.net website. And you also have the ability to uh, request for a signed copy. And then on Amazon, you have the ebook and the paperback. So that's where you can find it. Everything is life of a military child. Right. And right now it's pre-orders are available and they'll be released. Was it the 15th? The 15th of October is the official release date. Awesome. I, I know uh, we shared a couple posts yesterday on the Lama leadership page, and I've already got a bunch of people saying they already pre-ordered. So, so that that's awesome. I'm glad. I'm glad that uh, people are getting in there. And and I know personally, um, a fellow chief uh, and a great friend of mine. He's actually PCSing very soon with his family to my location, and he ordered all three. And he said so timely right now for his kids like to be able to read through that. So I know um, just from that perspective, you know, you want to at least reach one, you're going to reach so many more, but I know that he's going to get so much in his family as well. So once again, thank you for all you do. Thank you. Awesome. So I know uh, we're running close on time, but since I have both of you on, we have this thing we always do on the Llama Leadership Podcast on Llama Lounge called the Leadership Rapid Fire just three questions. All right. I'm going to give each of you an opportunity. I'll switch it back and forth. So one of you get the advantage of waiting while the other one's answering, right? <laughs> to formulate. <laughs> so we'll go back and forth. But uh, since Chief give, Bass give, is... Give her, give her all the hard ones and I'll take the <laughs> No way. I think we're going to go the opposite, Chief Bass. You're, you're okay. so good on your toes. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, I'm going right, to have right. to throw you, you the it. question first on this one. And I think this is going to be a softball for you. But I've said that in the past and I've been wrong. So let's see. Are you ready for the first question, man? I'm ready. Let's do this. All right. What is a book, podcast, article, or TV show that you've consumed recently that you found a lot of value in? Ooh, ooh, ooh. I just finished um, 100-Year Marathon. Mm. Um, if you are an airman, soldier, sailor, marine, like coasty, space, guardian, you know, like you need to walk, you need to read it. It is um, a great audible, but it, anytime I have a great audible, then I, then I buy the book as well. Okay. Awesome. We'll definitely add that to your show notes as well. I, I got to check that out. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't heard that. It, one yet, it so. is, it is hundred year marathon is so different than life of a military child. resiliency. <laughs> so just, just know we just went to two different spectrums. But, yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. Uh, Patricia, what is a book, podcast, article, or TV show that you have consumed recently that you found a lot of value in? Well, your podcast, oh. <laughs> but no, I'm just kidding. I'm not just kidding, but um, we'll go to the book. 
So Zero Neil Hurston is one of my go-tos. Um, even though the book was published years ago, um, I still um, go to it because there's a lot of inspirational quotes in there. It's a lot of um, novels. And so, and also um, being her being my favorites because um, not only is she an American uh, author, she uh, hailed from Eatonville, Florida, which is mm. the same city and state that I am from. So uh, Zero Neil Hurston, absolutely, 100%. Their eyes awesome. were watching God in the book. All right. Next question. I'm going to start off with you, Patricia. What is something you do to help bring yourself back to baseline when you are angry, frustrated, sad, or anxious? That's a good question as well. So me being here in Japan, and even when I was at J-Bear in Alaska, when especially when COVID hit, because we all had to telework, and mm -hmm. the beauty thing that I, like, I didn't even realize this about myself, but water water is like therapeutic and mm. so right weird right so not only do i consume water but when i go to sleep there's a an app on youtube where i would just listen to you know water and and it would honestly put me to sleep and then oh. i would um i would actually you know take <laughs> multiple uh showers because it's just so therapeutic so huh. water for me is, is what it is it's weird but it's it's my thing that's that's awesome that's that's awesome i think that's good and i know uh, my fiance would be happy that you shared that because she's always forcing me to drink more water because i'm terrible at it <laughs> but good stuff chief bass same question what is something that you do to help bring yourself back to baseline when you're angry frustrated sad or anxious two things one, go on a run, mm. um, or if I can't go on a run, I go eat pho. People, mm. Some people might say, what is pho? People say pho, P-H-O, but it's actually pho. Somehow, <laughs> pho makes everything better. Like, I, I don't know what it is. It's just that hot, you know, Vietnamese pho. Yeah, I feel you on that. Pho is so amazing. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a comfort food, right? It makes you feel it, better. It is totally a comfort food. All right. This is the final question. I'll start it with you, Chief Bass. What is a product that you use to help make yourself more effective? It could be an app. It could be anything. What, what is a product that you use to make yourself more effective? Um, listening to podcasts, actually. You know, mm. when I'm, um, I, I do my best before I go to work to get mentally prepared. And so, you know, I PT in the morning, but then when I um, am getting ready, I listen to a podcast every time. One of uh, my favorite ones is um, Quick Brain um, by Jim Quick. And, mm -hmm. and um, it's, you know, it's a good podcast that helps get my brain going on on um, where I need to focus. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Patricia, same question. What is a product that you use to help make yourself more effective? Music. So mm -hmm. gospel music, to be exact. And I do this thing where, um, so my favorite song that I, I like to uh, get myself pumped up in the morning is uh, called uh, Day That Wait and mm. Day That Wait on the Lord. And I actually just put, what I do, I do this random uh, text message. I will shotgun it out to lots of random mentors and leaders and, and my family members. And it will be a random song, but um, the one that I recently uh, shotgun was uh, Marvin Sapp. And I'm like, I need everyone to tap in on this energy that I'm feeling right now. And, <laughs> and that's what I'll do. I'm like, hey, I need you to get on the same energy wave. 
and and they'll just say, "Hey, what is this?" I said, "Listen to it," and then they're on the same energy wave. So that that's nice. my thing. That's my thing. Nice. Thank you for that because I'm I got a a three hour trip to Busan on the road, so I think I might be uh, putting on some Marvin set. That would be awesome to listen to. That's uh, awesome. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. Um, either one of you um, have any closing comments? Um, Chief Bass, did you want to share anything last about the book or anything else that you wanted to pass on to the, the Llama Lounge fans out there? I do. Hey, real quick, again, um, just because people can be funny, Joe, I, you know, I'm going to put that disclaimer again on the book. You know, the disclaimer for me is that you know, when I talk about the book and, and, and when you read it, it is really as the person, Joe Bass, the mom, the wife, and, and the person, not as chief master in the Air Force. Um, and, and so, you know, those are my personal views. And, but I hope that people buy a whole bunch of those books, because again, I think it gets after um, helping to educate, you know, not just military children and not just children, but it'll educate anybody who reads that book. Um, and as you, as you buy that book, we're going to be able to, you know, donate to children's charities. So it's a double win. Um, but separate from that, I want to make sure, you know, that I give a shout out to you, Joe, and your team on Llama Leadership, because um, y'all don't have to do this, right? Like you, you guys totally do this so that you can help inspire people to be better. And so um, I want to say thanks for everything that you do. Um, you're a true servant leader. And, and I know that everybody, your readers and your listeners um, are all people who are, you know, running the same race as us and fighting the good fight so that we can all be the best versions of ourselves. So I tell you that I'm running it with you and I'm fighting the good fight with you guys and um, just love what you guys are doing. And so thanks for having me and PJ on. Chief, thank you so much for those kind words. And um, we know that you're leading from the front and you're a huge inspiration for us to want to continue to inspire and, and just continue to teach and show people that example. So just so grateful that for everything that you do to hold us all up. So thank you so much. Absolutely. All right, Patricia, just what you're doing is so inspirational. And I, I'm just, I'm inspired by that. I'm about to start writing my book. I was going to start it in, you know, 2022, but you got me <laughs> pumped. So <laughs> love and, and any parting words from you. I just want, there's more to life. You know, I want everyone to know that when you wake up in the morning, find something to do mm -hmm. different than what you did yesterday and and reach out to to someone, you know? Don't think that everyone is okay. And, and then definitely self-check, make sure that you're okay. So I just, I want to bring awareness to it's It's bigger than life of a military child. It's, it's definitely all of us. Um, my biggest thing is just bringing this community together so that we can under, like, understand in the long run to, to just rise to whatever issues we're, we're facing and, and be able to contact that mentor, that peer, that family member, whoever. So that's it. That's what I wanted to add. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And to our listeners, jump on lifeofmilitarychild.net. 
order those books, gift them to people that you know can get some value out of them, share it, share the website out there because there's so much good that's going to come from that. And, um, and really just embrace uh, the, the word resilience in, in the new form. And shout out to our show sponsor, Mike Star, a veteran, Blazing Star Barbecue. Check out the best rubs and sauces out there on blazingstarbarbecue.com. Mm-hmm. You will be hooked like I am. Joe, Joe. How did I not know about Blazing Barbecue? Where where are they at? Um, oh my goodness, Chief! They are uh, out of Parham, Nevada. Uh, All right. Veteran, old, old comm master sergeant, Blazing Star Barbecue, the Reaper Rub, amazing. I I, I don't even use many other herbs and spices. <laughs> I just throw Reaper Rub on everything. He even put out oh, watermelon, you- <laughs> Chief. <laughs> You had me at barbecue. You need, you need, you need to figure out a way to connect us. I might be yes. a good, um, I might be a great customer. Oh my goodness. Yes. And he even sent me boxes and boxes while I was deployed. And, and although the food is always delicious when you're downrange, <laughs> the, the rubs <laughs> and the sauces made it a little bit better. That's awesome. Nice. All right. Well, good. Sorry for interrupting. Oh no, it's great. Thank you. And I know he's going to be really excited that uh, you're going to want to get some. So to all our listeners, Be safe, stay healthy, keep growing. Llama's out. (laughs) Bye-bye. See you. Thanks for tuning in to the Llama Lounge podcast. Be sure to visit the homepage for links to products and services related to this episode. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice. See you next time.